Hello, folks. Welcome back to Healthcare Experience Matters. I have Peter Yesowich, and he is the co-author of the book, Hospitable Healthcare, Just What the Patient Ordered. And his co-author, as we're about to discuss, couldn't make it today, feeling a little under the weather, but we will give a shout out to Stowe Shoemaker as well, who is the co-author. And we're going to be talking about understanding the difference between serving and treating patients on today's episode and kind of the real culprit that uh, is behind healthcare experiences when they go wrong. Peter Yesowich, thank you so much for joining us. I would just like you to introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about uh, your background. Sure. Thank you, Casey. Delighted to be here. Thank you for the opportunity. Um, briefly, I have been in the marketing communications business and hospitality for uh, over 40 years. I'm uh, and a vice chairman emeritus of a, uh, a large organization that specializes in marketing communications and hospitality. Um, if I were to mention the brand names, you'd recognize them uh, in this part of the world, actually around the world, because we have uh, 13 offices around the world. Um, but 10 years from 2010 to 2020, uh, I took a sabbatical and I got into the healthcare business uh, where I was invited by the chairman of a, an oncology provider by the name of Cancer Treatment Centers of America, at the time had three hospitals, uh, to assist with uh, the further development of that business. And during that 10-year period of time, we grew from three to five uh, destination specialty hospitals and 10 clinics. Uh, serving roughly about 15,000 patients a year, uh, most of whom had uh, an advanced stage diagnosis uh, of cancer or um, uh, a, a, a diagnosis that included uh, multiple uh, or comorbidities that added some complication to their treatment. Anyway, I learned an awful lot about the uh, not only the, the, the practice of medicine, certainly in oncology then, but the business of medicine, and observed uh, so many things that served as an inspiration for writing this book. And if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about your co-author as well, who couldn't join us today, Stowe Shoemaker. Sure. Uh, Stowe, uh, I've known for 35 plus years. We both got our doctorates from Cornell University. Uh, Stowe went on to um, uh, pursue a career in academia uh, for the last 10 years. He's been the dean of the hospitality management program at the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, uh, previously in Houston, where he had, had a similar role at the University of Houston and also an appointment at MD Anderson, uh, the cancer facility there. Um, he and I bumped into each other at a conference. This was about three years ago. And uh, we were we were reciting our respective experiences <clears throat> in, in healthcare and uh, said, you know, one of the things that's obvious to us is there's a huge deficit uh, in the delivery of care. So that's what inspired this book. But uh, Stowe has uh, a wonderful uh, reputation in the hospitality industry. Uh, and uh, actually, years ago, we co-authored a textbook, believe it or not, that um, was one of the first of its kind in terms of marketing communications and hospitality. Um, and uh I think that was produced in three editions, but that was years ago. So uh, anyway, still is I've got a distinguished career in academia. And as co-author of this book, Hospitable Healthcare, I want to ask you about the core distinction between serving and treating patients. Uh, how does recognizing the difference actually impact patient care quality? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think at times for people in healthcare, it's a controversial question. 
um, treating patients, uh, hopefully that's that that concept is obvious. And I would preface my answer, Casey, by telling you that there should never be any compromise in the way patients are treated, regardless of their insurance type, regardless of their uh, ethnicity, uh, regardless of, frankly, the uh, the complications that they may bring, you know, personally, socially, and otherwise to uh, the clinician. So I want to emphasize that. However, I think people in healthcare uh, are missing a, uh, an amazing opportunity because they have yet to discover the value of serving patients differently. And that's, again, a little bit controversial. I, when I share that concept with clinicians, sometimes I get some kind of strange expressions in reply, but l- let me explain what I mean. Um, as consumers, um, we all now understand uh, that we're likely to be served differently based on our relationship with the provider. And there are some wonderful examples. I suspect most of your listeners are members of, for example, loyalty programs in the ho- in the hotel business, uh, in the airline business. You know, we all sign up for these programs and we clamor to get that preferred service to stand in a different line or be able to pick a better seat, that kind of thing. Um, in Starbucks, uh, we do that because we want to avail ourselves of certain promotional offers and deals that otherwise are not made available to people. In retail, I could go on and on and on. Uh, so just about every business today uh, understands that there is a lot of value to creating cohorts of customers and to serving them differently based on their relationship with the organization. Now, what's interesting is consumers have come to accept that. Right. Uh, And that is uh, they understand that there's a there's a different line for certain types of consumers because they have a different relationship with the provider that doesn't exist in healthcare today. Now, some of your listeners might say, well, that's heresy. You know, you can't talk in those terms because everybody has to be treated the same. And I would agree with that. I just said everybody has to be treated. That means the clinical attention they get uh, has to be of comparable quality, regardless of who they are and what their personal circumstances. But in our book, we argue the case that that's not the case when it comes to serving them. I'll give you an example. Let's say it's you know someone who is a, a repeated patient in a clinic who's coming back periodically for, you know, similar treatment um, uh, with some kind of uh, frequent cadence. Um, you know, would there be any merit in creating, for example, a, a different way to register and greet those patients? Okay, would there be any merit to maybe creating a separate section in a waiting room that would allow them, you know, uh, maybe a little more privacy uh, uh, than there would be kind of a general waiting area? Um, would there be any preference shown to them in terms of kind of where they fall in the hierarchy of being seen? Uh, Or for that matter, would there be any preference given to them in terms of opportunities to book appointments? You know, I I can go on and on, but you get the idea. And, you know, I would submit to you that people who are frequent patients of, of a provider have developed an expectation for those things. Uh, and equally, people who aren't don't have that expectation. But I would, uh, again, I would submit that I think most healthcare providers uh, don't acknowledge that because they find something potentially distasteful about the idea that you would serve patients differently. And I want to underscore that it has nothing to do with insurance. You know, sometimes the conversation kind of goes off the rail there and said, well, do you mean to say that if you have uh, Medicare or Medicaid or no insurance at all, that you're not going to be Uh, treated as well. Again, everyone should be treated the same way clinically, but they could be served differently. That's the point.
And so what steps can healthcare teams take to shift their approach from mere treatment to genuine service? Well, I think um, you start with the, the premise that a healthcare provider would uh, acknowledge that there is an opportunity to serve patients differently, uh, appropriately, uh, yet treating them the same way. So there's no compromise there. But the rationale for considering that is that, that by creating these cohorts of patients and acknowledging, recognizing, acknowledging them through different service strategies, that's the first critical step in building loyalty. Now, let me just give you a kind of an insight on that because I think it, it bears on the question. You know, one of the things that we learned uh, in the research that we did for this book, and by the way, we we did a survey of 1,200 adults in this country where we looked at their impressions of service quality in hospitals, walk-in clinics, doctor's offices, lodging, and restaurants, and we compared all those. But one of the things we learned is that they are generally quite loyal to service providers in hospitality, hotels, resorts, airlines, and so forth. But they are not loyal to, uh, for the most part, hospitals and walk-in clinics, less so to physicians' offices. And the differences are pretty dramatic. Let me actually give you a data point on that. Um, the literature suggests that about 60%, 60% of adults who will go to a hospital or a walk-in clinic for any kind of medical procedure will not go back to that hospital or system for any kind of medical procedure in the next five years. So as a marketer, you translate that and say, wow, does that mean we have 60% attrition? The answer is yes. Now, the reason that that's a, a, a point of concern is that you know most of these providers uh, are watching the bottom line, certainly hospitals are, um, and uh, one of the things that is obvious is that it's less expensive to continue to serve patients that you have than to try to develop new ones. And the other thing that's obvious is that we as, as consumers of healthcare consume more as we get older, right? So one of the things you'd like to do is we'd like to create that loyalty, right? And so anyway, to your, to your question, well, how do you do that? And um, in our book, what we have, have done is we've introduced a management model. And the acronym for the model has five letters, P-A-E-E-R. Now, you'll get a kick out of this because it's pronounced payer. And for anybody in the healthcare business, when they hear the word payer, uh, it certainly gets their attention, right? Because payers are the ones who typically paid the bill, right? The insurance company. But, uh, you know, so it's not lost on us that our payer model sounds the same as that word used in healthcare, but the letters stand for something different. The P is to prepare, the A is to anticipate, the E is to engage, the second E is to evaluate, and the R is to reward. So let me give you an example. Let's talk about the P. One of the things hospitality does very, very well is they prepare for the arrival of their customers. And that's something that we think healthcare does very poorly. Okay, how do how do you get uh, how do, how does health uh, hospitality prepare well? Typically, um, you get uh, certainly from the best providers, you'll get some kind of uh, welcome message in advance of your arrival. That message may include some suggestions about things you might like to do, you know, in your destination or where you're staying, and and so forth. 
Uh, it might even introduce you to a person who is the uh, at the host uh, facility uh, who is the resident uh, concierge or somebody that you could call upon if you had any special requests in advance of your of your trip. They might send you a link to a couple of videos you know that you could watch that would be helpful. Um, certainly, if you're going to a place that you've never been before and you're interested in that. Um, better yet, let's say that you've signed up for their loyalty program. They're already going to know a lot about your purchase habits. So by the time you show up, they're not going to ask you to fill out your name and address and your credit card and all this other stuff that you have to fill out every time. Typically, you go to a healthcare provider. Um, all that's done for you. Uh, and as a result of that, the whole process of getting you in the system is facilitated quickly. That's preparation. Now, if you turn the page and say, how does healthcare do that? Well, they don't do it very well at all. Uh, first of all, it's generally pretty difficult to get you know, the appointment you want. Uh, less true in the hospitality business because you're given options. Sometimes the prices are different, but you're given options. Um, but uh, once you have made an appointment, typically, what do you hear from the provider? You may get a reminder text or something that says, you know, remember your appointment's 10 o'clock tomorrow. Uh, more often than not, you don't. Uh, but that's it. You don't get any information on who you're going to see. You don't get any information on uh, uh, how long it may take. Most importantly, you don't get any information on what it's going to cost. Now, we discovered in our research that not knowing the cost of the service before it's delivered is the number one source of dissatisfaction for patients in healthcare. So you say, well, what could what could healthcare do about that? Well, let me ask you this. When you take your car in for a repair, you're going to get an estimate? Of course you are. You're not going to approve it without it. If you check, if you book a hotel room, uh, you're going to know what it costs uh, before you stay? Of course you are. You know, uh, so I can go on and on. But if you book an appointment with a healthcare provider, um, are you going to know the cost of that service before it's delivered? And the answer is more often than not, no. But healthcare providers could do that. You know, they could provide a pro forma estimate at the time they confirm the appointment that says it's likely between X and Y in terms of the cost. We don't know exactly what it's going to be until we actually do the examination, the tests, and so forth. So be aware that it might change. But at least gives me, the patient, a general sense of what that's likely to be for that service. Now, I could go into, I could talk for hours about that because we have all kinds of data from our survey. But there's a wonderful example of saying, well, how do you prepare? Well, that's one way to prepare. You know, and that is that, um, uh, and the other thing that is is a constant source of, of frustration for patients, as you know, is they have to provide the same information repeatedly to providers whenever they show up. You know, you're asked to fill out the clipboard again or fill out the information on the iPad. And you say, well, I already gave this to you three months ago. Yeah, I know, but we got to update it. Well, that could have been requested ahead of time, you know, and you could have gone online to provide that so that you didn't have to take 10 minutes to do that in the upon reception. Anyway, you get, get the idea. So it's P-A-E-E-R, and I could give you examples for each of those that we think healthcare providers could implement easily. And we know, you know, system systemic issues sometimes are in the way of great patient experiences. So how can healthcare organizations identify and address these underlying kind of culprits that, you know, end up hindering that that uh, patient experience? And we can get towards, as you, you're saying today, you know, more towards serving the patient. Yeah, great question. Um, 
And it really begins with an obvious examination of the experience that patients have, you know, all kinds of fancy terms consultants use for that, the patient journey and so forth. And um, in the hospitality business, the term that has become popular is moments of truth. And what you want to do is identify the moments of truth from the time, you know, someone makes the decision to purchase a service to the time that they've consumed it and left. You know, there might be six, eight, 10 kind of moments of truth. That's where staff interact with you, the customer. And that's what you do in healthcare. You say, okay, what are the moments of truth? You know, from the point of reception, you know, to the point of uh, actual care delivery, uh, to uh, departure. You know, one of the things that we discovered, uh, just as an illustration of this, uh, in our research is that uh, one of the other primary sources of dissatisfaction for patients in healthcare is they don't feel like their patronage or their business is appreciated. And, you know, if you dine in a restaurant, you're going to be thanked profusely, right? <laughs> the waiter and the host or hostess or the you know, same is true when you check out in a hotel or even now uh, on the airlines, they have the flight attendants standing at the at the door saying, thank you, have a nice day and so forth. Now, sometimes it doesn't come across as sincere, but but our, our uh, respondents in our survey told us that more often than not, they're not thanked for their patronage by healthcare providers. In fact, some of them even get the impression that um, they should be thanking the providers for providing the service, which is kind of ironic. Um, anyway, the um, the uh, the idea is that there are moments of truth and any provider, whether it's a physician's office to a hospital, can document those and say, well, here are the pain points, you know, eight of them, 10 of them, whatever. And then the question is, what can that provider do at each of those, those moments of truth to enhance the patient experience. Peter Yasowich has been our guest today on Healthcare Experience Matters. Of course, he's the co-author of the newest book out there, Hospitable, Hospitable Healthcare, Just What the Patient Ordered. And I want to you know, leave our listeners with some closing thoughts. Did you have anything else to add of value today, Peter? Yeah, I just, I, I would... Uh, say, you know, when I ask people the question, you know, do you, have you have a personal experience of a health, a personal example of a healthcare experience that's gone wrong? And without exception, everybody says, yeah, let me tell you about it. Here's the interesting part about that, Casey, that rarely is it the clinical outcome. That's not what we hear. It always is generally uh, has to do with the way that the service was delivered. And that's the deficit in healthcare delivery, with, which hospitality can fill. I think listeners that are interested in learning more about our technique, our model in the book, we have a website, hospitablehealthcare.com, and it has some data highlights. Uh, it has some interviews. We interviewed about 25 really influential people in healthcare and hospitality on their approach to service delivery, which your listeners might find interesting. Uh, and some other information that I think they might find intriguing. Yes, I will make sure to add a link to that website in the description of today's podcast episode. Peter Yeswich, this has been a really great chat, getting a, uh, uh, your perspective and all the research that's gone into sh shaping that perspective. Uh, I really appreciate your time today. Thank you. I enjoyed it. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Healthcare Experience Matters. Healthcare Experience Matters is brought to you by the Healthcare Experience Foundation. To learn more, please visit healthcareexperience.org.
That's healthcareexperience.org.